to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute is the K-Box Belt Squat. Belt squats are a great alternative for athletes who don't handle axial loads well, and a great auxiliary exercise for athletes who need to get a little bit more lower body strength work in. You may sacrifice a little bit of depth when it comes to using the belt with the K-Box, but the addition of that heavy eccentric overload really is a great trade-off. Go ahead, set the belt so that you can come all the way through at the top. Give the wheel a good spin and sit back. I really am a big proponent of having some place where you can hold on for your hands just as a safety mechanism. Push with your feet, keep your chest up, and drive all the way through. This is a great exercise that I'm sure you and your athletes will see great benefit from. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Daniel, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Uh, Jay, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man, fired up for this. It's uh, it's great to see you. I'm glad you're doing well. It's great to chop it up here a little before we even got recording. But before we get too far for the three quarters of a human being who doesn't know who you are and where you're at, let's let everybody know how you got out to uh, LAFC, bud. Yeah, for sure. And as you guys can notice, uh, I got to give my wife credit for these uh, beautiful lights in our garage. Trying to make it a little more fun for uh, the lifting atmosphere in here. So that was her. Uh, appreciate that. How did I get to LAFC? I've been fortunate to live in uh, Southern California, Central California for a long time. Went to school up at uh, Westmont, Santa Barbara. Made my way down to Athletes Performance, which is now Exos, down in uh, Carson. And then... Uh, from there, kind of stuck around the scene, Galaxy, U.S. Men's National Team, uh, and when that road ended, uh, LAFC was coming up on the board. So I got a great opportunity to start out with them in their inaugural season, 2018, and it was a lot of fun. Brand new club, brand new facility. Uh, there was no traditions or anything. It was literally right in the pages of the book every way. So that was a lot of fun. We've had some success, but definitely excited for a whole lot more in the future. Uh, that's kind of the short way to get there uh, to where I'm at now, 2021 in this pandemic, trying to work with these guys from a distance. And now, folks, don't let him be as modest as he is. You know, the stint that, you know, with the Galaxy was pretty darn good, too. And, of course, anytime you get to work with the U.S. men's national team, there's absolutely nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a ride to get to a team that's, you know, 
from its inception has really been, I mean, surprisingly in the early stages successful. Yeah, that's definitely been good. Yeah, I think every experience for me has been an opportunity for growth, which is why I was super thankful to be at each of those organizations because I just thought, okay, here's places with tradition, with expectation. Um, you're going to have no fear. If you fail, you fail, but try and do the best you can and succeed. And there's some successes there and some failures and you try and learn from both and move on. But it's allowed me to connect with a lot of people that I don't think I would have had exposure to in the past. Uh, and then coming into LAFC, it's been great just to have some more conversations. Uh, got to know you really well last year. We did the coaches versus COVID-19 uh, talk that those guys set up. So uh, yeah, just for me, it's about meeting a lot of people and creating some good relationships and trying to learn from others about how I can improve my craft. So some good experiences there. Yeah. And speaking of learning situations to improve your craft, I think that one thing that you guys are able to, I don't know if that, this is the right term here, but are able to be lucky enough to encounter before the rest of us is this really unique off season. And, you know, this is kind of me selfishly being the guy that gets stuck in these meetings in our department. And I'm like, you know, all fall was like, Hey guys, remember how we had to do all this COVID stuff in August and September? Well, we're going to have to do that again coming up. You know, so we might want to start prepping. And they were like, no, we'll wait. Uh, we'll wait. Then basketball season came and it's like, well, we want help. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. Uh, we're a little busy now. Um, but th this is unique. This is, I mean, I, everything we're doing right now is unique. But this is especially unique because the world of, of world football, similar to basketball, never stops right now. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, some of the similarities in the sports is that you know, number one, there's pretty long seasons or you have spring season, right, which continues everything and summer ball and all that kind of stuff. And for us, typically we'll start somewhere towards the end of January uh, for a preseason, something like that. And if you're successful, you go pretty deep down to December and the off season's pretty short and then you get back on again. So you're pretty much playing year round. But yeah, man, we're like, we've been talking about this challenge of you have these guys in a normal off season where they go off for four to eight weeks, something like that. And they're going to go play pickup with their buddies and their friends from where they live. And now you hear that in different parts of the world, these guys are on lockdown, not just in the United States, it's around the world. There's different lockdowns going on and you're trying to put some sort of sense and quantify like how much are they doing and what are they doing? But the truth is this is new territory for them because uh, a lot of them aren't playing that pickup or uh, some of them are feeling like, hey, I'm not really feeling safe to go to that park today, but I've got this street that I can run on up and down laps and laps. And so you're trying to figure out what's the best in situation. And uh, there are probably some right answers, but it's all about discovery right now, trying to figure out what that means. Yeah, and that discovery at times is really exciting but at other times it's frightening, right? Because you look at these other sports that are going on right now. I mean, even when we go all the way back, right? Like the Bundesliga had a couple of really big injuries early on when they came back, right? It's, you worry that because, albeit it's not their program preparation, but their typical off-season preparation 
is really going to be different. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting one. I think the first thing that just having discussions with other SNCs around this league and other leagues is to first say, do people really understand what it's like to be an off-season footballer in general? Uh, I grew up playing multiple sports. You know, we talk about multi-sport athletes, but a lot of us were multi-sport athletes before we became coaches, right? Uh, so growing up in the off-season, I'm playing American football or baseball or basketball or volleyball, this different kind of stuff. For these guys, a lot of them, they're just playing more and more footy all the time. And uh, the first thing is to understand, like, we can give these conditioning programs, but that's not all they're going to do. And if you don't have that in mind, it's probably something that you start to think about is that, okay, I prescribed this endurance run for a guy, but did I really uh, get to know what is his environment? Where does he live down in South America or Europe or Africa or the United States? He plays 5v5 with his buddies every single day. Okay, so now are we overloading? Are we getting in the way as performance specialists? Are we actually understanding what's the demands of what they're going through? And we're just saying, you know, here's my program. If you do this, you're going to be, you're going to be great. I think we need to take a step back. And it's actually just a helpful reminder to be in communication. What does your offseason look like? Ask that simple question. And some guys might say, I play five a side. I play 10v10. Or I've got no one. I, I am by myself. You know, I've got no siblings. Uh, I'm in a place where my family just moved there. I don't know a lot of people. So I just train by myself and come in. And so it's important that we can't just send these general programs out. You got to really understand where does this guy live in the world? If it's a more of an international sport and actually, yeah, what are, what are they doing in the off season? That's important to them, you know, because they have to, enjoy, if they're not enjoying it and they're not committed to it, then it's going to be tough to stay with it. So I think that's a big thing is understanding what do they actually do in a normal off season? And then let's take the next step forward. Uh, not only am I going to give you a program, but are you comfortable running outside right now? Are you comfortable if you have a gym going to the gym? Like these are the things that we have to have these discussions about and say, just from like a stress and anxiety standpoint, where are your athletes there? Mentally, where are they at? What are they comfortable with? And then can you keep that trust and say, okay, here's what you're comfortable with. Let's try and find a solution rather than just saying, here's the program. Good luck. You know, and I, I think what it sounds like you do the exact same thing, caring about the person first before you just say, here's the program. Yeah. And I think that something that I had to kind of learn the hard way this summer, you know, having a, a European and then a couple of different guys in Canada, you know, and then guys in different areas, like, We've got a kid from Harlem. Like, it's not like you can do a lot of road work in Harlem, right? Like, what do you, yeah, you know, it's like, just run through the lights. Like, what are you going to tell the kid, right? You know, but even more so, what, what could be a, a, a greater challenge, right, is it's like, let's say you had a guy that, like, played for Delco, right, is a, a Philly guy, or, you know, you've got somebody from Uruguay, or you have somebody from Virginia, well, in Virginia, you can't play indoor. Like, you can't play pickup at all. And it's 28 degrees. I don't know many people that, no matter what you say, are going to want to go running in 28-degree weather. So now, like, the one avenue they would have had that they, A, enjoy, and B, are physically actually able to do, has been removed. So now it's a matter of, well, shoot, how do you figure out a way for this individual to be prepared at all for camp 
Yeah, let me just throw this back at you, Jay, because I'm just genuinely interested right now. Because when I think about basketball, I don't work in it, but that's an indoor sport. How many of your guys in a normal offseason are playing on outdoor courts or out by the beach? Or is that something, or do they just play indoor all the time? Uh, a couple may play at a park here and there, but more often than not, especially in today's environment, you know, everybody's got like their guy, you know, that they go and they work out in their facility or whatever. But even this summer, like most of those were shut down for the longest time. So, yeah, so you're like constantly dealing with that one because at least for us, our sport is played outside, right? Playing grass. Uh, maybe you have an indoor turf facility, but guys are playing outside most of the time. I can't imagine if you've got an indoor sport like basketball, like are more guys going to start playing on a different surface outdoors because they want to feel safe? And so now we're talking about like, what's the appropriate surface? Yeah, if you live in Virginia and it's freezing as a, foot, a footballer, are you going to start playing more indoor? But then is indoor not a safe thing to do right now? There's just so many roadblocks trying to figure it out. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a key one. And I know we're, you're trying to ask me about how it's working at LAFC and with these footballers, but it's just interesting to think about in basketball. Like, is there going to be a lot of ground surface changes that these guys aren't used to? And then we're not going to see that till down the road coming back, you know, because the NBA, I'm sure they can find a court that they can go to and have it by themselves. But at the college, high school development level, like, you know, what are these guys going to do? It's just something interesting to think about. Are we going to see an effect of that come down the road? Because more guys are going to start playing outdoors. I don't know. Well, it's crazy because the the governor of Virginia, which I will just say Dr. Northrum and leave it at that, was like, he actually said that at one point, like that they would encourage high school basketball to be played outside. And I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Like it, it's hard enough to keep people from slipping on a hardwood floor. Now, if there's any precipitation whatsoever anywhere, it's going to be black ice and kids are going to eat it all over the place on pavement. And it's freaking cold. I mean, I'm from upstate New York. It's still freaking cold here. Like, it's not like, it's not like I'm sitting here like in shorts and a t-shirt. Like, it's not warm. So it's, I mean, now I've been below the Mason-Dixon line for almost 20 years. So my blood is definitely thinned out a bit. But I don't think that encouraging these kids to play outside in the winter is necessarily what they should be keen on. Yeah. Uh, the things I don't even know about basketball, the black guys slipping. Like when I was a kid, yeah, that was a thing when he went in the playground. But it's just, yeah, it's interesting to know. This is the stuff that key stakeholders who are making decisions should check in and say, hey, what's it like to play ball these days? Like, you know, what does that mean? So. It just comes down to more communication. How can you be in contact with the players? Uh, I don't know about for you. For us, it seems like a lot of players not only have one number, they have three or four numbers, and it changes all the time, especially my international guys. And so WhatsApp's the way to go, but the WhatsApp number could change at any time. I don't know what the phone plans are, but the numbers are always changing. And what I found is that, and this is a little bit off topic, but from a communication standpoint, you can't just text message or WhatsApp. There's some guys where uh, talking through Instagram messaging is the way to go. Or you're sending Snapchats and it's just photos, but at least you're in contact and you can say, hey, I'm at the gym and maybe they send you one back. And that's all you get as far as like, yeah, they're, they're doing their stuff. So not only is it just adapting to, okay, what is the program going to be? But how are we communicating with these guys and, and what's working for them? And I think that's something that's been for the past at least four or five years been adapting is that 
these guys are going to spend more time on these different apps. And sometimes as coaches, you hear people say, like, oh, I don't want to be involved in that. I'm kind of like, you, you should at least be aware, you know, because that's just another way to connect with someone that you may have trouble connecting with otherwise. I've got some guys that just do FaceTime, which is a lot of fun because you throw up some funny face on there and you're chatting that way. But what are the different ways that you're communicating the message and how are you actually reaching them from a practical standpoint? Something that I think should be considered. No, a trillion percent. And, I, and even more to piggyback that, does the message even be, like how often does the message need to be sent? You know, like I've got a couple yep, guys. We just that talked like, about that. Like, yeah, like we would text every day. How to go, how to go, how to go, how to go. Because like they want to know you're checking in on them. But other guys, like I, I got at least two of them that like, nope, like once a week maybe. And it's not like, and this is where I think, Daniel, this is where I think we trip over our own two feet. I think, and, and I know before I was gray and this shaggy thing that needs to get cleaned up. Um, I would have taken offense to it. 10 years ago, I would have been furious. What do you mean you don't want me to check it? It's like, hey, you gave me the program. I got it. I, let me roll. I got it. You got any questions? I'll get back to you. Okay. Like, yeah, that's a good point. You know, like some people, like, yeah, like I got two or three guys that during this pandemic time, if I didn't check in with them three, four, five times a week, they'd be like, hey, man, everything okay? What's going on? You know, it's like, oh, slept in, guys. Sorry. You know, <laughs> it's like, like you guys yeah, do every day. For sure. Know? It's like, I mean, what you're getting to just, I've been thinking about a lot is not just like as coaches, I think we've had a lot of these talks. Uh, Zoom calls and podcasts and YouTube shows, whatever it may be about reflecting about our own practice and how do we deal with certain things during this time period, but uh, putting it back on our athletes and having those conversations with them. Sometimes people don't even ask them, you know, have you been reflecting on just what works well for you? Because now training isn't at this time every day. So what is your schedule? What do you enjoy doing? Do you like staying up late and waking up late and then you do an afternoon session or like, what is that that works for you? And I think that's kind of what you're getting to is you got some guys that are saying, hey, you, you know what? I actually thrive in this atmosphere where I have more free time. And don't worry, I'll get the work done. But I, you know, I prefer to do it at a different time. And instead of, yeah, you're saying like years past, you might get frustrated. You're just saying, okay, you know, we'll see how it goes. And then with some guys, you're right. They say, look, I need that structured time. I need you to even Zoom with me or FaceTime at 830 every, every other day, every day, whatever it may be. And yeah, for those guys, you say, hey, you know, let's figure it out. Let's, let's get a group of guys that that works well with. So it's a good point trying to see them as individuals. How do they thrive? I know some of us are more night owls or we like to go to bed early. Um, I, I think I like to tell myself I'm a night owl, but then like I'm in bed at 930 and like, oh, I'm not really a night owl. I, I think those night owls are up past midnight. So maybe that's not for me. But yeah, asking these guys, what is that that works for them? You know, some guys thrive during this time period. Some guys, they need a lot of interaction. And, you know, it's just figuring it out on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, because I think that the one thing that we also overlook, because, you know, it really is our time to shine, especially in the college realm, right, where these kids are typically around 11-plus months out of the years. You know, the it's their off-season, right? Like, yeah, they need to be prepared and ready when practice gets going and this and that. But... You know, for like my guys, for example, they showed up on campus July 15th, 
we got three or four days off for Christmas. If we're in the tournament, we're talking late March, early April, nonstop. Like, I don't know if I'd even want to see me at that point. You know, like <laughs> we're yeah. going to tell them they got to start doing stuff in a couple of weeks. Like maybe too, you know, meeting them where they're at. And, and like you said, I think that's a great way to say like meeting the athlete where they thrive. Like it's their off season. It's their time to not be pestered. Like, and that kind of comes back to something we were talking about a little before, right? It's like they got to have their rocks and their ability to ground themselves too. Yeah, it's a good point. You get, you know, you have to have, it's almost, I think the word is patience. You got to have patience to allow them to figure out what's worked best for them, maybe make some mistakes. Uh, it's also a good just growth and learning opportunity for them to go through a week or two and say, hey, you know what, uh, that didn't work so well for me, or I actually really like this, but I want to switch this one thing. And a lot of times we talk about, you know, if it's specific to training, uh, you know, them regulating their own training loads. You know, I feel good today, so I'm going to push a little more. I don't feel so good. Or we talk about giving them autonomy over what is actually in that program. So why would that be any different in a period like this of the offseason where these guys need to figure out what that means for themselves instead of us just saying, hey, we always have all the answers, which, you know, news to everyone, we don't actually have all the answers. We're just good at asking questions and discovering, and maybe that's why we have these roles as coaches because yeah, we want to have answers, but we're willing to do the experimentation. So with some of these guys, I think allowing them to grow is really important. And like with you, you have a lot of young men, right? In the college setting, uh, at least in the world that I'm working, we're getting a lot of young men who are coming through. Um, yeah. Sometimes as young as 16 and sometimes they come a little early out of college, but they're not all just grown men in, in the sport anymore. They're, they're still young men that are trying to figure out their own, style and their own routines and all these different types of things and we can't just say hey guess what you're going to have uh five guys we're going to start on the court every night and they're all you know they're all the j way and you're like well you need to find your own way you know i'm here to support you and encourage you and and guide you but you've got to find what works best for you and i think that's the thing that i've learned in, at least in the past like you're looking back and i'm saying yeah i used to think i need every guy to be my way or, or do it like this and i'm like actually i need them to be themselves and just allow me to be a guide, allow me to answer questions and say, hey, I think this is what's worked best for you in the past. Let me see patterns of what works for you, not patterns of what works for me. Because if it was for me, I'd say, okay, you should have two kids right now and, you know, play with your kids all day and then go lift at 7 p.m. at night. And some guys are like, no, it's not what I want to do right now. So what works best for them? Are you actually having that conversation? It's so important. Oh, yeah, dude. And I think that, you know, when you look at all of these things right there is definitely the, um, the overall picture that needs to be kept right like for example in the off season if you have some form of fitness testing that they have to be ready for or whatever evaluation it is you need to set them up to be successful in that because if it's deemed appropriate you need to set them up for success comma if we want to give them power and autonomy and allow them to figure things out, do you want them to do that in the middle of when they're playing games? Or do you want to give them the opportunity to be like, 
yeah, you know, like that split squat height you had me at, like, if I go one higher, it feels better or one lower, it feels better. Or, you know, instead of using a barbell, the, you know, it bothers my shoulder or safety bars better or dumb, like, like the stuff that we like fake fight about, why wouldn't you give them the opportunity to experiment when there's time to experiment because you're not trying to win games. Yeah. Off season time. Off season time to refresh, rebuild, experiment a bit. I'm curious with the basketball guys, because sometimes some of the footballers that I work with go through this, but is that the time to try out different shoes, a different company, or, you know, maybe I'm not wearing what whatever the new Nike shoe is. I'm going to go, you know, insert whatever that brand is, right? Like that's the time to try out some of that stuff. You don't want to try out in the middle of the season. Could lead to some issues. So gear is a whole nother thing. Yeah, that's a good time. I think what you're bringing up is for the experimentation. Really important. Oh yeah. But then also like, I think the other thing too that we forget about is like these off seasons, these seasons are, they're, they're long. Like there's a lot to it, especially now, man. Like with all this testing and freaking brain massages that we're getting two, three, four <laughs> times a week with some random person with a Q-tip, you know, it's like finding a way to keep us okay is important too. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Like you're just going straight into the part about coach health, coach burnout, you know, like our job, I feel like a lot of the time is we're taking care of people, but we're also taking on a lot of burdens, right? We need to come in with the energy. We've got to come in with some uh, confidence of what's going on in the world. And uh, that doesn't mean we're not real with our, our athletes or our staff. We're still real with them and saying, you know, yeah, I'm stressed, stressed out about this virus too and trying to figure out what does that mean for me as, as a husband and as a father, as I lead my own family and then coming in, you know, my brothers and my sister and my parents and now you talk about the athletes. Yeah, what are the things that actually can anchor me down in a time of complete uncertainty? Because that's what it's been for me. It's just complete uncertainty from back in March uh, 2020, trying to figure out, okay, there's the NBA just shut down. Okay, now MLS is shutting down. Like, what's going on? And yeah, trying to figure out what are those anchors, which it, I didn't figure out right away. Originally, I was like, okay, we're going to take some time off and do this distance training. And then, yeah, you realize you're out of a sink, you're out of a flow, because normally this time of the year, you're in season or you're in off season or whatever it may be. And now everything's been disrupted. Athletes felt the exact same thing. And these coaches, we all, we both saw it across the world. There was all these conferences and Zoom calls and connecting and probably catching up on stuff that we need to do a better job of. And I think now people are connecting a little bit better from what it seems like. But a lot of the conversations, one wasn't about sets and reps. It was about, you know, what am I doing to keep myself sane and keep myself refreshed because my sleep's affected and my recovery. And when I train, I'd like, I'm missing all these things. I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. Yeah, and it's been hard. And I think that it's something that more and more this has kind of brought, you know, like we were talking about before, you know, it's like the side hustle thing or the job security questions and the, you know, the need for routine, but also I guess I call it like the the totem, right? From inception where he had the 
yeah, the top where like you've got your thing and oh, it's like yeah. you know that it's there and that's your time to kind of breathe. Like for me, like it's 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 my dog, right? It's like when I'm done with everything, I'm gonna go walk the dog, and that is like, all right, I'm turning it off. And then uh not to sound like American psycho, but like when I take my kitchen knife out and I start cooking, like that's when it's like I'm done. Like it's all off. You know? And I think that it's taken, I mean, shoot, bro, it's it's 10 months now, you know, for me to really realize that like for a long time I had a hard time turning things off and was like making psychotic decisions about things because it was just like you know like like a dog when they get excited just like spinning in a circle all shark eyed like go 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 and then all of a sudden it was like yeah bro you gotta chill yeah for sure i'm actually really impressed that you brought in an inception uh little story part into this that's actually i need to go watch that movie again now but it is an interesting thought to think like what is that green light that's saying okay it's like this is the time that you're in the zone and then what is the red light turning it off um that's an interesting one I would say just for me personally like for years and years my set point if that's what I'm going to call it uh you know wake up have a glass of water probably driving to work because I commute because I live in LA and that's what you do you commute to work and for me it was uh getting some time on the word reading my bible and that was like okay this is me setting up and during the lockdown period because I was at home working and with the family uh I wasn't reading my Bible in the morning. I was reading it at random times and it was tough for me to have my set point. And now, yeah, we're talking almost 10 months later. Uh, the Bible has become your knife point when you're like, okay, that's it. That's like, that's my end point now. And for whatever reason, I'm enjoying getting in the word at night. Uh, in the morning right now, it's going on a family walk or going on a walk with whoever's awake, whatever time that, that happens. But it's going on the walk and chatting up in the off season with my wife and talking to my kids and uh yeah the walking is is the moment and what's funny is just so i can confirm your whole walking with your dog obviously we're talking right now you're in a room the last two times we've talked you've been on a, like a walk with your dog and one time we talked for like an hour and a half and i remember thinking bro you're still you're still walking that dog and your dog got some good endurance just chugging away so I'm just going to verify that's a hundred percent true that you do go on walks all the time with your dog. We see it on social media. I, I can, I can verify it. So that's just funny there, but yeah, I think having that set point and that end point, like we want to talk about routines and structures and this kind of stuff. And, you know, what is uh, this billionaire doing and what, you know, what time does he wake up? I think you simplified it perfectly. Have a set point. Here's where I'm entering in and this is it for me. And then have a, an end point or an exit exit plan. When I start shopping, like that, that's my thing. And I think that's a really simplified way to put it that most people can say, okay, I can find my set point and find my end point. Really good. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I don't want people to think that like, once I start cooking, if one of the guys called and like needed something, I would be like, you know, voicemail, um, you know, but like, you need to have your time where you're just like, where you're shut off a bit. And I, and I think that like, you know, you, you, you called it an anchor. And I think that that's like a great term for it because all too often, especially like, dude, like in, in our little vocation in sports, 
we love talking about how hard we work. Listen <laughs> to everybody listening or watching. Like it, at 41, you shouldn't be as beaten down as most of us are when we get to this point. You shouldn't be as tired as most of us are when we get to this point. We do it to ourselves because we don't realize there's an anchor on the boat with us. And we just yep. keep that engine running. And that's something that I hope younger coaches are starting to figure out is that it's like, it's okay to turn it off. You know, like you don't have to bring the juice at home. Like, yeah, you just got to chill a bit. Let me jump on that real quick because uh, I think that one's so important, especially for younger coaches who are always asking, you know, how do I get to this level? And uh, if they're, especially if they're an achiever at heart, it's always climbing that ladder, trying to get up and up and up. And their brain just, yeah, it doesn't turn off. They're just ready to go. Oh, I slept four hours last night and I'm, I'm crying. I'm learning so much. It's almost like the excitement may be taken over. And uh, yeah, you're right. There is a part of it, which is like, you know, trying to guard the weights or whatever, just meaning like, I'm going to be there all the time, be the first one in, last one out, which like sometimes that just happens, right? Because that's the way the sessions were set up. But yeah, there's also the part of, you know, how are you going to be the best coach you can be for your athletes? And I don't think that's going to be on low sleep or being overworked because like we said, our seasons are long. You got to be durable and you got to be consistent all throughout the year. And of course, like there's ups and downs, but I think the refresh moment and the recharge moment is important. Uh, for me, the one thing that people will notice is that I'm on, constantly taking calls on my drive home. And everyone always says, oh, you have such a long drive home. I drive 45 minutes to an hour, depending on when traffic is. And I'm kind of like, you know what, though? The reason why I don't mind it is because when I leave work, it's not like I just shut off right away, like you're saying. I'm someone that is constantly thinking and thinking. And that 45 minute to an hour drive allows me to yeah, reflect on the day and get everything out so that when I walk in the door, you know, I'm the best husband and, and father I can be right now even before, before I had kids, that little commute that I had to get to my wife was a time for me to kind of download a little bit. And although I'm still going to tell her about my day, I'm not coming in all hot, fresh off a coaching session or a staff meeting about how we're going to try and improve our sprint capacity for the next game. I've kind of like let it relax. And, you know, my wife says, I don't want you in coach mode all the time when you get home. I just, you know, want you to relax a bit. So not everyone has that, right? Some people live very close to their jobs and you got to have a different way. Maybe um, when I had one of my earlier jobs, I lived five minutes from work. It was so close. And something my dad taught me is he just said, look, you, you might need to sit in your car for 10, 15, 20 minutes, sit in your car, turn your phone off. Um, and I hated that. I hated turning my phone off, but it was something so simple where I said, okay, I'm going to sit here for 15 minutes. And then I'm going to drive home. I live with my parents uh, my first year out of college. And that 15 minute of quiet time, um, sometimes there was music, sometimes there was something, but the best times, no music, no phone on, uh, sometimes closing my eyes, not taking a nap, but just like letting myself think through what's going on, visualizing when I get home, um, how I can kind of step back from what I'm doing. And as a young coach, it's the hardest thing ever because yeah, on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, you want to show I'm always grinding, I'm always going. Yeah, that's not the truth not everyone's grinding 24 hours a day. And if they are, they're going to, they're going to burn out or wipe out pretty soon. I, I just think that message 
has to get spread. Like that's not the route to success. You don't want to be in your forties and your fifties where you're just like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. I, you know, I've lost the passion because I just have, I worked way too hard in the beginning. I didn't pace myself. That's exactly what it is. You're not pacing. Yeah. I mean, you got to treat your career. Like we say, we need to treat the off season, right? Like you got to be an everyday guy. That doesn't mean you got to be every day, you know, like that just doesn't work. But, you know, I also, when you're talking about, you know, learning and educating, passing things on, I'd, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the project you've got going on over there too, with the site and everything. So before we get out of here, let's make sure everybody gets a, a dose of what you're building over there. Yeah, no, I appreciate you bringing it up. I, I guess what I want to make uh, really clear is that my vision for that site honestly started as more of a journal for me to reflect on things that I'm learning. Um, I kind of wanted to separate it from my work to make sure that it wasn't a distraction that, uh, yeah, without saying it's all about me, it is all about what's going on in here. And what I realized was that I was having conversations with different coaches and people that weren't even coaches that were just interested. Oh, you know, they work in finance, but you know, uh, what does it mean to be working in a team or if you're an SNCO by yourself or all these questions. And I just thought, um, man, I just think my ability to learn from other people who have already established stuff like this, uh, CVAS has been huge for me just to have the resource to click on at any time and say, oh, here was a talk that happened four years ago and it's cool to look back. Uh, yeah, the site is more of a place uh, for some mentorship to happen, for some reflecting, for some journals. And then if people want to follow up and ask some questions and see what's going on, um, that's like that's what I'm really excited about. Just having some discussions and seeing uh, how can the education grow, especially in a sport where I feel like we're still kind of taken off on the SNC side. There's a lot of conversations and here's my style, here's this style, different parts of the world. Uh, I just want to bring my perspective and make it all about education, how we can really have some good conversations. So yeah, I appreciate you bringing it up. Yeah, man, we'll make sure we put the, you know, a link to the, the header and the, and the URL so people can check that out. Because I think that, you know, having a, if we want to call it an online journal, like, like you're saying, I think that's important because I also think all too often young coaches don't understand that we really have done it and we really have been through it and we really have thought the things that they did and maybe they can take something a ahead of time where they're like, oh, okay. I was kind of thinking like that. Maybe I need to deviate a little this way or that way when it comes to things outside of, should it be one by 20 or five, three, one? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really good point. Something I'll just add to that because you were kind of getting there and we talked about all the time is, uh, well, I guess I'll start by saying, I used to have this fear of sharing fear of saying, oh, here's what my thought process is, purely because I was afraid to get judged or criticized by people that I look up to. And you realize you talk to some of those guys and most of them are like, yeah, you just have to share. Like it, it, if you get some challenges towards you, don't take it personal. Or if people do get personal, you can control your own life, right? You can, you can block that or mute that, whatever you want. But instead of living in this high and low of trying to, oh, this Instagram post only got, you know, two likes or only got few views on this, I just simply say, look, don't worry about that. I'm not going to worry about that. If there's something that I want to share that's appropriate, I'm going to share it. And I want to have discussions about it. I want people to learn. 
uh, I used to think the worst thing ever is, you know, you gotta, you have to fail so many times to learn. And I always tell people, I learned from my failures, but I learned a lot from my successes because it tells me what's going right. And this idea that you just have to fail all the time. It's like, not every like you don't, you don't just have to fail. You know, when my daughter and son grow up, they're going to make mistakes. But if I can say, look, dad has been there, you know, I don't want you to go on this road and they still might. But if I can guide them a little bit, like you're saying, it's, it's for all these coaches um, that have just kind of said, look, I've made that mistake. I've made it more than once trying to help you out so you don't make that mistake. Uh, I think that stuff is really important and, you know, just don't have that fear. No doubt, man. I think that that's exceptionally important. Daniel, this is some awesome stuff, bro. Again, always great to see you. Truly appreciate your time, buddy. This is fantastic. People are going to love it. Cool. Thanks a lot. Had a great time. Yeah, man. Well, we'll be in touch real soon, buddy. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Jay.